0: Welcome to Superintendent Radio Network. I'm Guy Soprano. Joining us is Eric Matterkowski. Eric is the superintendent at St. Clair Country Club, a 27-hole facility in the South Hills of Pittsburgh. Eric is going to discuss with us how he and his team get turf to perform at elite levels despite a number of biotic and abiotic stresses present in the Pittsburgh area. We are excited to partner with Bear to tell the story about how superintendents like Eric provides spectacular conditions. In the August issue of Golf Course Industry, you can read about how Bear's Stress Guard portfolio is helping St. Clair Country Club flourish. As a company, Bear is helping its customers thrive by providing technical expertise and innovative solutions to maximize turf quality and make superintendents' jobs easier. To learn more about how Stress Guard helps redefine ordinary, visit environmentalsciencebearus stressguard. Now on to our conversation with Eric. Well, Eric, thanks for joining us. It's awesome to have you on the podcast. I know things are getting hot and humid and busy in Pittsburgh, so we really appreciate you taking some time. And the first thing I wanted to ask you for our listeners that aren't familiar, describe St. Clair Country Club in your own words.
1: All right. Well, um, St. Clair is a private club. We're in the South Hills area of Allegheny County, which is um, just about 10 miles south of downtown Pittsburgh. 27 holes. We have the championship 18-hole golf course, and then we have the nine-hole terrace golf course. We have a pretty nice practice facility we just uh, opened a year ago with a nice driving range and a short game practice area. The club has a lot of uh, members that have been here for a few generations. It's 100 years old. We celebrated our 100th anniversary in 2016. Uh, the course has been Renovated a few times, the championship in particular, uh, most recently by Keith Foster in 2007-8. The championship layout as we know it now was originally designed by Dick Wilson, and um, the the golf course, uh, the Terrace and the championship golf course are sort of the product of a Tom Bendelow golf course that was designed a long time ago and has been changed since. Pittsburgh golf's pretty good, um, so we certainly... Um, you know, have a, uh, have a wonderful membership that loves golf and is committed to taking care of us, giving them, us the resources we need to give them the golf course they want. And, um, yeah, it's a great place to work.
0: There are a lot of interesting things about your career journey. Uh, you became a golf course superintendent at 24 years old. I think a lot of people listening to this would say, how did that happen? And explain your career journey.
1: I think how it happened was it was a little different time, you know. It was back in the mid 90s, and golf was blowing up. They were building golf courses everywhere, and I think um, a little bit similar to today, there wasn't, uh, you know, there was there was sort of a need in the industry for for superintendents, turf people, um, people that studied turf. So that was a great time, great opportunity. So I started my career just as a kid on the crew at Indiana Country Club which was my hometown, Indiana, PA, and I worked there for Alan Easter. Um, and he, he kind of uh, got me excited about the industry. I thought you could have a career, and it could be um, more than just that part of the country so i came back finished school went back to indiana country club when i graduated to work for mark Leppert who had recently taken over as a superintendent i worked um, along with him and tobin ross and then ultimately tobin went on to school and um, i was filling in the uh, assistant position there that's when the opportunity became available for my first superintendent's job at armco golf club um at that time, you know, Mark was a good mentor, and he was encouraging me to send, I think, two resumes a month. Um, and you could do that. There were, like I said, there were a lot of opportunities. And again, I never really intended to be working in Western Pennsylvania, but um, I interviewed for the job at Armco. I ultimately ended up getting it. Armco was a great place. It was a uh, it was owned by Armco Steel. It was uh, for the employees of the steel. What a good membership! It was a great place to work, and I learned a lot. I was fortunate to have such a great membership to work for because it allowed me to maybe make a couple mistakes and learn from them. Um, From there, I went to Green Oaks Country Club, which is in uh, it's in Pittsburgh, and I was there for a couple years. Um, It was a good again a great place to work. The Donald Ross Golf Course. It was a lot of a lot of fun working there, and um, I think I continued to learn and develop, and then I went to Wildwood Golf Club, which is located in the north hills of Allegheny County, um, just north of the city, and I was at Wildwood for 10 years. Um, that was a great place. We did a lot while I was there. We um, did a handful of projects, built a maintenance building, did some work with the irrigation system, built a new pump house, um, just did a lot of things to keep the club moving forward, and that was a really good job. I enjoyed it. The membership were uh, great to me, and you know, through each of these jobs, I've been working with POA, um, which is predominant uh, fine turf in Pittsburgh. You know, learned a lot and had a lot of people teach me a lot. Um, and then I got the opportunity to come to St. Clair, and so I've been here for uh, it'll be six years in November. It's certainly been a lot of fun here. It's been it's been challenging. It's been rewarding and. Uh, I've really enjoyed myself.
0: You've worked at five private clubs in western Pennsylvania. For a lot of people that don't know western Pennsylvania, it's a very hilly place. How does topography affect agronomy in your region?
1: Yeah, hills, hills in Pittsburgh um, It's a big part of what we do here. So, you know, I think the first thing is the hills. Um, you know, they create a lot of microclimates on the golf course. You know, uh, high areas get dry, low areas get wet. Uh, you know, certainly creates, you know, it it, it definitely affects how golf courses are laid out and routed. Like I said, the the microclimates are probably the the biggest thing that the topography um, impacts as far as taking care of golf courses. The low areas might collect the water in a year like 2018, which was the the wettest uh, year ever recorded in Pittsburgh. um, You know, we had a lot of big fast-moving thunderstorms that created water moved quickly and ended up in the low areas, which made mowing and maintaining turf challenging, created a great place for disease to uh, start and spread throughout the golf course. And the high areas maybe um, would end up needing water well before the, 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 the bottoms and the low areas. So whether it's wind or uh, moisture, um, whether it's you know just the type of equipment we use, Topography certainly impacts um, sunlight. You know, you have the, um, there's one side of a hole that might get a lot of light, and maybe a hillside helps uh, block some of the sun. So, you know, you have a shady side, which you're you maybe maintaining the hole entirely different weather. Again, it's water. Um, but it but it certainly impacts what we do.
0: What have you learned about POA over the years, and what are some keys to getting it to perform at the elite levels that you needed to perform at at St. Clair?
1: One thing I've learned is, it's a lot tougher than we give it credit for. I think that um, you know it certainly has the it, it certainly has uh, an unbelievable ability to survive and um, and adapt. And so you know I think that uh, while it might need a little more TLC with with water, and it certainly is vulnerable to just about every disease and insect. I think um, you know it is it is more durable than we think and. Um, I think what I've learned is how far you can push it. I don't. I don't know. I think it's as much the art as the science of the industry. When you work with POA, you you just sort of develop the ability to see it doing things that uh, you know tell you that it might need a little more water, a little less water, might need vented, uh, might need a little more fertilizer, might need less fertilizer. So I think you know the big thing about managing POA is you need to observe it like any turf, but it definitely it can go the wrong way in a hurry. You know, in the winter, we have a lot of uh, concerns here about ice damage and wind desiccation and crown hydration. And then, you know, like you get into the summer, and, you know, the first thing that really challenges us is, you know, the, probably the annual bluegrass weevil management. From there, the diseases start, and usually we start getting maybe a little dry or maybe a little too wet and some heat. So, so managing poas, um, I, I've learned a lot everywhere I've worked, but I, I will say that it's pretty similar everywhere I've worked as well. I think you just have to be very diligent when you're managing it and uh, spend a lot of time on it, looking at it, understanding it, and um, it really won't let you down if you do understand it, and it will come back
0: if you get it in trouble. That mid-June to mid-August stretch is really difficult in a lot of places in the country. It's especially difficult in Pittsburgh, What type of stresses does the turf face during that period at St. Clair country club? And what are some tactics you've developed over the years that they handle those stresses?
1: We have a lot of insects and disease issues, but when we get into that stretch, uh, I think managing diseases is really, you know, probably one of the greatest challenges along with managing moisture. You know, obviously we're trying to be firm and fast. So, you know, we're stingy with water, but, um, you know, you can't be too cute or too stingy with it or you'll get in trouble. But, um, you know, certainly diseases. I mean, with POA and with, on greens in particular, the height of cut we're at, the way we, you know, cut and roll, and we're very aggressive with management strategies. Um, anthracnose is a big problem here. And, um, you know, we've, what we've realized is there's not a lot of great tools for anthracnose. You have to have an entire management strategy. We also, you know, we do get hot, we do get wet, and Pythium's certainly a concern here. Um, you know, um, brown patch summer patch, dollar spot, those are all, you know, big diseases. Gray leaf spot, we've certainly been challenged with that more so recently than ever um, in the rough in the fall. But, you know, our our management tools um, start with good management strategies, but a fungicide component is very important as well. We do use a lot of signature. Um, It it works well for us. Um, You know, we see the benefits of the stress guard, obviously, but we also, uh, it's an important tool to us to just, helping the plant with the fungicide properties, but as well um, the stress management that goes along with that. You know, uh, just having a good rotation of different chemicals is very important, and um, being on a good schedule is is so important.
0: Eric, how do you go about choosing your products? Obviously, being in the, the same market for a long time, you probably know a lot of people. What advice can you give to the superintendents who are thinking about product selection and developing their own reliable program?
1: Well, I think when buying chemicals, I think it's important to obviously have something that's proven. And, you know, if you can use a good product that's going to work and save you an extra application, I think that's important because none of us have enough time, uh, it seems like, anymore. And, and certainly if we can reduce how many times we're going out with equipment, spraying equipment and, and putting, um, putting the team on the sprayers, I think that's important. You know, so I always try and choose products that I know are proven. I always try and choose products that I know are supported. You know, I like to try new things, but um, I'm certainly, you know, conservative when I do try them, Uh, but but I'm certainly seeing as as we have less and less tools available, using the new chemistries is more and more important. And then using chemicals, again, I'll mention the stress guard products that have added benefits, most bang for the buck, and, you know, just trying to use products and Trying to select products that are supported. Again, everybody's selling about the same thing. Everybody has about the same offerings. It's buying and using things that are supported, and from a group of people that will support you and um, be there when you have questions and uh, make sure you get great service. I think that's really what's what's as important as anything right
0: now. How important are personal and professional relationships to producing the conditions you're trying to produce. You you know, a lot of people, you have a lot of quality relationships. How important are personal relationships to disease control?
1: Oh, they're so important. My network of superintendent friends um, has been, you know, that's invaluable, right? Being able to pick up the phone or getting a call from a friend or an email or a text that says, you know, I have this going on. I saw this, this worked, this didn't work. So important you know just talking to each other just throwing ideas back and forth is so important beyond that is the relationships with the vendors again if your team has good good people on it if you're you know if you're if you're using uh, those resources whether it's the, the the local rep who gives me great service is willing to come out here and take a ride and look at things with me talk about things that's so important um to the to the you know the, the reps from the companies like Darren Batiski was there uh, you know, great resource right there. He's a good friend of mine, and um, he's always willing to come out here, take a look at things, talk to me about things, give me a heads up as to what's going on. You know, those tools are so valuable and important. Again, having good relationships with the, with the people at the universities is, is really important. Also, Dr. Vargas comes out here and uh, helps us out each year. Um, you know, Dr. McGraw from Penn State is a great tool um, as far as helping us with uh, some of the challenges we have with insects here. So just having a, having a great team and a great network so important and those relationships. You know, being able to call them and have easy conversations with them is,
0: is really important. We have a great
1: industry, you know, and all my friends are people in the industry, it seems like. And, and uh, we all kind of get each other. We understand each other, and I think that makes it a lot easier. But, but having good friends that are willing to help you is, is absolutely critical, at least to my success.
0: Emotionally, you know, mentally, do you handle a tough summer better now than you did? 20 years ago or is it always still a little bit unnerving when you get to that that two-month stretch we've been talking about?
1: Depends who you ask. (laughs) (laughs) I I think I do handle it better. I mean I when I started and I was a young superintendent I remember a lot of things bothered me. I had trouble sleeping you know I I just you know I I worried a lot and I've learned um, but yeah I do think I handle it better you know I kind of have this philosophy that if if I'm thinking about it and it's weighing me down, if I can do something about it, I need to do it. Um, if I can't do something about it, I need to probably forget about it. And, you know, I try and approach things that way, but, um, yeah, it's certainly gotten easier. You know, obviously if you see things and and you've been through things a few times, you know, the outcome and, and there's less worry or maybe, uh, you know, you do know the outcome is going to be negative. So you know how to prepare and plan, but yeah, I've definitely gotten better at it. Um, yeah, you know, I might, you know, I don't know, people may say I'm a little bit intense and uh, pretty driven, but, um, you know, if you have the right guys around you and you have the right team, um, everybody gets excited about that and uh, that kind of motivates you and, and it makes you want to be better. So, um, yeah, I definitely think I deal with it better now than I have in the past. And, uh, again, that's just from seeing things happen a few times and, you know, probably being fortunate enough to work in one market and, uh understand the tariff the and the climate really well.
0: What have you learned about team building over the years, and what can you tell our listeners about the team you've assembled at St. Clair Country Club?
1: I think team building is something that I've tried to always get better at. Um, obviously, none of us are you know, going to be very successful if we don't have great people around us. And um, In today's labor market, I think it's more and more difficult to get good people, um, whether that's somebody on the crew or an assistant or any of the other great support positions, you know, your equipment tech or spray tech or irrigation tech. So, like, things I've learned is to certainly be more patient, more you know, and, and understand um, what the team's challenges are. You know, we get to midsummer and everybody's worn out and people are working very hard. So, so you know, from, from that perspective, I feel you know, just trying to be more understanding and see what people's, um, what else they have going on I think is important. I think if people know that you care about them, and uh, you know they're they're going to work hard for you, and and work's going to be a lot more fun. As far as I'm fortunate, I've Martin Albright is, is my assistant here at Saint Clair. Martin and I've worked together a long time. He's came with me from Wildwood. Yeah, having that, that person, your number one person that that uh, you can count on and and thinks like you is so important. So. Um, yeah, but building a team is certainly something that we, you know, I, I do differently now than I have in the past. Trying hard right now, again, with the – it with the, uh, seems like there's less and less turf professionals. Um, to take people on our team and recognize what their special talents or interests are, use them to the best of their ability, whether it's um, taking somebody that maybe shows that they could handle some irrigation work and making them an irrigation tech or um, identifying people on the team that – you know, have the mind and and the, and the talent to be a good spray tech, um, and then we've done a lot of that, trying to build a team from from the people that are here and we've available, and and it makes their job more rewarding, and it certainly, um, I think it's good for us um, having, like I said, showing the ability to move upward within our team.
0: I was pretty fortunate. I had a chance to visit St. Clair Country Club and meet with you and Darren Batiski and martin and see your team in action earlier this summer you have on your team everything from high school students to retirees how do you get the different generations working together for that common goal
1: i mean i learned a long time ago probably some training or some seminars then too, you know the differences and how they how they like to be managed so trying to use people to, to their strengths somebody taught me one weaknesses are like this is the thing that you can't you know that's probably how you were made So focus on the things you do well. So, you know, with the crew, we try that as well, where, uh, you know, sometimes if you can take some of those retirees and put them in a position where they might be mentoring a young person, um, they enjoy that. And a lot of times the young people enjoy learning from them. So we try that. I think you communicate with everybody differently. You know, the young people certainly have, uh, they like to be, you know, they like um, whether it's, you know, getting a message to them after hours, whether it's a text, you know, they enjoy things like that where, you know, retirees still like a phone call. So uh, some of those things we do differently. And then and then on the course, trying to take advantage of some of those. Um, like I said, the retirees generally have a lot they can teach the young guys. So um, yeah, we try and be consistent with how we manage the team, but, it's, but at the same time we try and manage everybody to, to their strengths and what works best for them.
0: What do you consider a success for you and your team?
1: I think if we can get through – uh, a season you know some and deliver the golf course the membership expects and and everybody's getting along and working well together and happy i think that's success you know i think that um we can get people to buy in and be excited about what we're doing you know we have our we have our invitational coming up here um next week and you know we're going to work a lot of long hours and you know do some split shifts and have people come back and you know i think
0: if we can get through that and
1: everybody's happy and getting along and having fun, I think we're successful. I think that's important, you know, having people that want to come back, some of the students come back next year. That's important. That's success. And just trying to, um, again, meet the members' expectations, hopefully exceed them, deliver the best golf course we possibly can while, while everybody uh, is having a good time and happy, um, or at least as happy as possible. That That's really success to me, I think.
0: You've been a superintendent for a long time. You started it at a very young age to be a head superintendent. You've had incredible success wherever you've gone. This is your sixth year at St. Clair. Where do you want to take this thing? What What motivates you right now, Eric? I want to
1: keep getting better. I mean, that's, that's always been my goal. And um, I love what I do. I love being a superintendent. I love the challenges that come with it. Um, I, I truly do. It's, it's what I do. I love it. I love my career. So, I always want to be better. I always want to make the golf course the map better. I'm lucky here because, I have a, you know, we have a membership and a club. That, that's, that's kind of their That's the way they think. They always want to be better. So uh, I just want to keep getting better, and I want St. Clair to keep getting better. Um, you know, I want to – I think, again, the opportunity to work with great people have a great team. Um, that's really my goal right now is to, to just keep moving St. Clair forward and, and – um, that's kind of been my career path. You know, I started a little club and and um, felt like maybe it was a little better when I left it and, and, and just have kept going that way. So um, I just want to keep having fun and, and keep getting better and making the golf courses that I work at the best they can be, and hopefully they're a little better when I leave than when I came.
0: Last thing here, and I mean this in a lighthearted way, do you feel like you know more or less about poa than you did when you started your career it's one of the most perplexing uh turf grass varieties out there do you feel like you've learned a lot about it over the years or whenever you feel like you've learned a lot about it does something make you think you don't know as much as you thought
1: when i started i thought i knew a lot about it but i really didn't know i didn't know anything i definitely know more but i don't know at all that's for sure i mean like you said it every time you think you have it figured out something different happens so definitely keep showing your toes it's uh it's, it's never the same thing two years in a row, it seems like, with it. So I've learned a lot, but I have a lot to learn.
0: Well, Eric, this was great. Uh, thanks for taking some time. I know you're in the busy season when it's the toughest for the POA, so we really appreciate you taking some time. Uh, thanks for everything you, you do. You're always, always helpful, and we look forward to uh, speaking with you again.
1: All right, guys. Thanks. I really appreciate it.